A one, a two, a one, two, three, four! Music at a rational volume. Hey everybody, thanks for clicking the button for music at a rational volume podcast. I'm your host, Daint. Oh, my name's Kyle. That is still Kyle. I'm still here. Same as, same as last week and the week before that. and Next week, probably still as well. Nate, what are we talking about tonight, probably. man? Uh, tonight, we're going to take a break from reviewing new albums and doing Diane playlists and other weird stuff. And go back to our tried and true greatest albums ever made by humans on the planet Earth thing. Sweet. So and tonight, this is, your we, baby. this is my baby. Tonight, we are going to talk about the great Philadelphia band, the Hooters, and their last album when they were still a band, as far as I can tell, um, Out of Body, which came out in 1993. So that is what we're going to talk about. The Hooters Out of Body album, one of the greatest albums ever recorded by humans on planet Earth. It, it's a good one. Uh, Kyle, tell me why I had to go to YouTube to listen to this album. Um, you have to go to YouTube to listen to it because it's not on your streaming services. It's not on iTunes. It's only available on CD. I think you can get it on vinyl as well because um, it came out in 93. So I think they were still making it. Or if they didn't in that time, they have somewhere along the lines. But it is currently out of print. You can get it on the secondary market. but um, For a million dollars. No, for all, but it's, you can get it for 10 bucks if you want the CD in very good or near mint condition. There's a lot of them there, Discogs or wherever, okay. if you're looking for it. But you have to know what you're looking for. Jerks. So, should we give a little background on the Hooters? The Hooters, formed in 1980 in Philadelphia, PA. They're... One of those bands that we talk about a lot on this particular podcast, because we like the bands that are uh, a little hard to pigeonhole, a little hard to nail down on what they are in terms of their sound or in terms of their uh, aesthetic or whatever. They just don't have a really handy box you can just put them in. No, but it's one of those bands. They, they really do have their own sound. They have that Hooter sound. Um, yeah. They do use a lot of different kind of weird keyboards and um, different uh, stringed instruments that not a lot of bands use. And I don't think they do it in a, in a douchey way or a, Hey, look at us. Look at how clever we are. way. I just thought they thought, Oh, this kind of sounds cool. Let's put that on the record. It seems and, like the dude down the street who likes to fancy himself a musician and he's got all these different kind of things. Just cause he likes to play with the sound and he likes to, to try it out. Um, this band has a lot of those kind of interesting instruments. The a lot of mandolin and what's the what's the like uh, the Irish folky one? That's I forget what they call that. Yeah, um, there's a little electronic keyboard that you blow into and they play. That's, that's what um, I'm thinking of. Yeah, they they've what used that, that a lot. It's called melodica. Okay tiny little thing. They have violin, harpsichord, clavinet, mellotron, sitar, accordion. I mean, all kinds of just kind of weird things <laughs> you don't often hear in rock music. And you hear none of that today because no. today's music is complete crap. They don't use 
musical instruments or musicians is <laughs> have a little so, drum beat and a little melody they sing along to and then auto-tune the crap out of it. It's but, all done in the computer. Yeah. This is a kind of cool band, though. Like you were saying, out of Philly, they made five albums, studio albums, from 83 to 93. Um, their first major label record, Nervous Night, of course, was a smash, the double platinum. Had three That's a good record, singles. too. It's a good record. I don't even know. I don't think it's as good a record as this one, though. I think this one's better. It had the hits. It did. Yeah. yeah. It did. And We Dance and Day by Day were just smash. They were on the radio all the time. And, you know, to a certain extent, still are. If you think of the Hooters, those are the two records people think of. Yep. And that's kind of it. And, you know, unless you're in Europe. But here <laughs> in the States, those are the two big smash hits. Originally signed to Columbia. They did a, a few records with them. Eventually got dropped. Yeah, their last record with them, Zigzag, I think in the in the States it was like 157. It it pretty much bombed. It was not it's it's not great. I think it's okay, but it's definitely not their best work. But uh, music game's hard. But yeah, getting to be by the late eighties, everything was changing and I don't know, they just they fell out of fell out of favor for whatever reason. And then they freaking signed with MCA for some reason. Because they offered, maybe? <laughs> Probably. I mean, another major label, but I don't think they did F all to promote this record at all. It came out in 93, May 11th, 1993. Um, I never heard anything about it. None of the singles from this record charted in any English-speaking country. They did well in Sweden and Norway and other parts of Europe, but the record completely bombed here. Didn't chart in America or Canada or Australia. And I think they did kind of a tour, but after this tour, they they you know went on hiatus, as they say. They essentially broke up. Well, I think they there's a bunch of live stuff, fairly recent live stuff, um, and they have released some kind of reissued, you know, that kind of stuff. So they're they're still around, but they're not doing much new stuff. Um, they're still around, no more. But they are bigger in Europe right now, and so they do do festivals and tours over there and whatnot. They're still big in Philly. They're, you know, and they they did different things. This band, for the most part, as far as creatively is Rob Hyman and Eric Bazilian. So those guys are real musicians. They produce, they write for other people and this and that. But um, uh, it's interesting that you say that they're big in Europe uh, because I get a lot of kind of peak 80s, particularly English pop from them, like The Alarm. I hear a lot yeah. of Alarm and their, and their stuff. And I, I don't know that that was that big here in the States. And you had some new stuff. The alarm definitely weren't, but no, they had some kind of reggae and ska and folk influences in their music, and yeah. I think it's just hits a certain chord with a certain group of people. It maybe reminds me of, of their music they grew up on. I don't know, but after the mid '80s, this band was not huge in yeah. America. Really, after Nervous Night, I mean, the the record after that. Um, went gold, and then they kind of just dropped off. 
the musical landscape in America. And a lot of that has to do with promotion. And MCA sucks at that. Well, a lot of bands, when they miss their window or they've, you know, outstayed their, you know, three album limit, um, they, go, they go into A&R and they go into producing and they go into songwriting. The, uh, the big, yeah. sorry, the, the single off this one, Private Emotion, uh, was actually a bigger hit for someone else. Yeah, this one. Um, Which member of Minuto was it, Kyle? Well, there's only one that anybody cares about. It was my <laughs> birthday buddy, um, Ricky Martin, of course. Of course. The, the guy who produced his record at the time, the record was called Welve. You know, and he's an international singer because he sings Spanish and English and all that stuff. But um, Desmond Child was producing his record. He was friends with Eric and Rob. And they're like, hey, you got any music? They're like, well, he kind of like private emotion. He's like, I'm going to have Ricky do that. And, you know, as far as production goes, he always makes it very poppy. And, you know, he was on Columbia Records and they promoted the crap out of it. There's at least eight maxi singles that were put out went number one in Mexico and the Czech Republic and was a hit all around the world. So it's not that their songs sucked because they didn't, but I think the promotion for this record was crap because Ricky Martin knocked it out of the fricking park. He does it in concert and you know, it's going to become sort of more his song. I mean, they still do it, but well, that was, you know, there are a couple of factors there. Ricky Martin in 2000 was that was peak Ricky Martin. Yeah. That was yeah, living the sure. Loca era. Yes. So, you know, he had that going for him. Um, but the song is good. And I think that's probably the key takeaway is that this is an album, you know, and a lot, a lot of the ones we talk about kind of fall in the same category. They're, they're an album out of time. Maybe they, maybe they missed their mark. Uh, but these albums are the ones that need to get dug up and need to get reintroduced and re um, reignited. Into- no, you were talking about an album out of time. I agree with that. 1993, everybody was pushing grunge, and that's really it. The, the normies are going to buy whatever the hell you stick in front of them. And so I think it was decided that the Hooters are an 80s band, 80s music is dead, and grunge is what we're going to sell. You know, newer bands were coming on. You know, you did have Toad and you had um, uh, the Gin Blossoms and stuff like that. They got a little bit of a push. But I think these guys were considered, you know, old news. So I don't even really know why MCA signed them. But I I was going to go off on a tirade on MCA, how much they suck. But you can go look up all the stupid crap they've done over the years. I mean, some really shady and illegal and ugly stuff but i just think they didn't get pushed i think they put it out there and they're like but sells great if it doesn't you know we've got other things but they only did one record with mca and and then they left or got dropped i don't know but um that was it that's kind of it yeah yeah but it's it's bad news because uh i hate when you know it feels like they had more to give and more to say and more to to do, uh, particularly if you end end on a high note like this one. But I, I, I just don't get why these record labors put in money, and lots of money usually, in yeah. studio time and effort, 
to to create these pieces of art and then they just stick it on a shelf somewhere or they let it run for six months and then they they cut it and you know yeah they really did i'm not really and they apparently with this one i guess they recorded it pretty quickly in like three or four weeks and they used to take five or six months to do a record but the producer they had at the time was just like what do you got let's pop it out but these guys are pros. I mean, everybody in the band is plays multiple instruments. And so, I mean, the first couple of songs, Eric plays bass and the bass player just wasn't on it, but I don't think it was a contentious thing. It's just like, we has a better feel for this song or whatever, but yeah. other songs, uh, the guitarist plays keyboards and they've got somebody named Minnie Johnson came in violin does background vocals. So some of those, girly vocals that aren't Cindy Lauper or her. It just gives it a different sound. She also plays guitar and keyboards and she has since passed on, but she um, is all over the videos. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, jamming out on her violin and stuff. Like, yeah. Okay. That first video, 25 hours a day. Yeah. That yeah. seems like a fun set. I don't know if it was, but they make it seem like, man, this sounds like this was a lot of fun to do this. <laughs> There. That that video is cool. Boys will be boys. Video suck, but we'll get into that. But I don't know if we started with those songs. Twenty five hours a day. That came out as a uh, the first single. What do you think of that? I will be honest. Uh, I had not heard this one all the way through before. Uh, the The key takeaway from this album, in general, for me, uh, was that it's a good listen all the way through. And you don't need to have the lyrics up. You don't need to have like it. For the most part, it's a a positive record. It's a, like uh, it's not a downer. A lot of up to up tempo numbers. You're gonna walk away energized. I think. And yeah, twenty five hour, five hours a day is kind of the epitome of what this record is. It's kind of this uh, really energetic, kind of power poppy tune. Yep. Um, I will say, <laughs> I think the reason I don't like this more is it's about 60, well, 55 seconds too long. What? I mean, it's not even four minutes. I mean, I saw you wrote that on here, but it's not even four minutes long. I, I like yeah. it a lot. <laughs> I don't want this to ruin it for you, Kyle. But the last for me, it's kind of but the last minute of it is just them repeating twenty five hours a day over yeah. and over again. That's what pop music is, Nate. <laughs> That's what they do in pop music. I know, but it's it. There's one last kind of gasp that Minnie does on it, um, and I kind of feel like that's where he faded out. But that was yeah, about fifty seconds. This is why before the end of the song. That would have been like two minutes then. No, I like it a lot. I've never had an issue with any of these songs being too long or anything like that. And I will tell you, obviously, if I think so. But, um, yeah, Nate, we're going to agree that you're wrong on this one. Okay. But like I, said, I, it, I like it's not enough lot. for me to stop listening to it, but it no. is one of those like, okay, next, please. Well, the next one would be Boys Will Be Boys uh, featuring Cindy Lauper. And she actually is featured on it. It's not like we have to kind of listen real hard to hear her. This was the second single. They made a really stupid video where 
when I watched it the first time, I'm like, I thought it might be a fan video. Like they patched some things together from a TV show. And then I saw the band and I'm like, okay, this, and this was actually the video the record company put out. This sucks. Yeah. Which is probably it's, why okay. you can't hardly find it. Yeah. This is my favorite song on the, on the record. Uh, it's catchy. It's a good pop tune. Uh, I think she is kind of the perfect, uh, you know, catch up for this particular burger. Um, all right. That's weird, but sure. Yeah, no, it, it's really good. It's one of my favorites too. They go back a long way with Cindy Lauper. Rob Hyman co-wrote um, Time After Time on uh, She's So Unusual. And they did some stuff on that record. So they go back a long ways and, Again, though, I think it was, well, you know, 93, Cindy Lauper just isn't the flavor of the month anymore. And that didn't seem to push sales, at least here. So, interesting. Yeah, for sure. And then the next one, Shen- years, were, were they working? Uh, not uh, f- the people that sell records. No, they kind of go with whatever's big at the, let's, do more of that and the, there wasn't a lot more of this at that time for whatever reason like you said that window it's small yeah. so it, they slammed it shut on them but next song um, Shadow of Jesus I liked a lot breakup song um, don't completely understand all of it but that was really good you liked it less uh, it's, it's an album track it's okay like I said nothing on this album makes me like cringe or you know it it's all good yeah that, i mean that's what i think too and i can't say that about all they like zigzag that's a little hard for me to put on and listen all the way through this record i just i, I found it by the way um i went to a college in idaho and i was going through a store on a saturday just one of those thrift stores or something they had a couple of cds i took through i'm like a oh, hooters cool i'll buy this and see if it's any good and for buck 50 or whatever it's fantastic i'm like man this thing just blew me away so i had luckily stumbled upon it otherwise i probably never would have heard this because it's not really out there yeah i didn't with youtube i mean you have to know what you're looking for (laughs) if you pull up hooters it's going to be you know and they danced and some other stuff but (laughs) and that's if you pull up the music stuff Yes, because you'll yeah. get a lot of other things if you're not. Yeah, specific other, well, yeah, let's not get into that, but I think everybody knows what you're talking about for sure. Oh, but I think so. So the fourth track on here, this one is my favorite. Great big American car. It's just a power pop punchy song. And I know some people are saying, well, you know, it's a metaphor. And I don't think it is. I think it's actually about a car. Yeah, I think that's it. It's not about America or getting older or any of that. I think it's just a dude remembering he's got this old car in his backyard and remembers all the good times he had in it, and that's what the song's about. Yeah. And I think that's fine. Yeah, it definitely has the whiff of nostalgia and the uh, the old good old days um, kind of vibe to it. I, I think sometimes you can get too much. And, this, and understand, this is me saying this, I think sometimes you can get too far into the weeds with, what does this song mean? What are they really trying to say? I, who, who cares? Like, yeah, we're going to remember that next time we do Bare Naked Ladies record. <laughs> they're no, tell- you're, you're right. Some people, there has song. to be some kind of you know deeper meaning to it. I'm like, probably not. Sometimes it's just like, you know, 
They're just thinking about the car. I mean, Springsteen's done that enough times, and it's like, yeah. it really doesn't go deeper than that. Sometimes a story is just a story. Yes. You don't need to make more out of it than is there. Cool. And then we talked about the aforementioned private emotion. I think it's amazing. I mean, who starts a pop song off of the mandolin? But it works perfectly. And then Eric kills it on the vocals. I think the lyrics are fantastic. That's one of your favorites too, right? Yeah. Should have been a single. Should have been every late 90s wedding reception playlist fodder. Should have, yeah. Well, at the very least, it'd be in like in a, you know, an episode of How I Met Your Mother or something. I mean, it should have been used somewhere. Yeah. You know, it should have been on the friend soundtrack kind of yes. thing. I mean, it should have been one of those, you know, in a, a very special blossom or something, you know, at the end of something where they're, I just had never heard it before until this record. I still haven't heard the Ricky Martin version, but I purposely. This be gun for Lithity. Yeah, he goes to a dive bar and hears the song. It, exactly. But this should have been huge. It should have been just a massive hit. But again, at the time, I don't know if this was done by Gin Blossoms. Maybe it would have been. I don't know. Maybe. I just don't think it got the push that it should have. Yeah. I think they did it right, though. Third single, the ballad, it would have been perfect. But I yep. don't know. Just out of time. I think the people sucked at it. So back half a record <laughs> then, I think maybe not as good, but still yeah. very, very listenable. Drifting away, uh, good. um Good song. Yep. And I agree with you. <laughs> it's hard to, that one's just like, what do you say? Like, it's nothing, you know. No, that, that one crazy it, about it. is a good album track. It's not going to be a single. It's not going to be maybe your favorite one, but it's not like I got to skip it though, either. Yeah. I'm like, no, I, this is something I really like and still better than a hundred percent of the pure crap that's on the radio today. Yeah, or that no, people totally. come up with, Oh, do a Lippa or whether the, garbage they're playing like no (laughs) this is a thousand percent better yeah no i totally agree uh Uh, let me see we got four more songs dancing on the edge sounds like a classic hooters power pop to me should have been on nervous night it's it's that kind of thing i think it didn't really stand out to me in any way whatsoever so that was for me kind of the nostalgic oh yeah this is definitely a hooter song and then uh next song all around the place it's a little it's weird. Uh, it, okay, you made a note about the depth of the instruments. And I, I read your thing before I heard that one. Yeah. And it feels like there was just a neighborhood party and everybody brought their instruments that they could play. Yeah. So you've got this weird kind of punch bowl of all kinds of different stuff all layered in over top of each other. Yeah, so it has this kind of chaotic vibe to it. Right. But it works. It's a, it, it's an interesting kind of combination, but it it's a really great album track. It like really it's not really, one I'm, I'm going to go back to or, you know, deep dive on, but. I'm not going to deep dive, but again, when I play it, I'm like, yeah, I always rock out to this one too. But it, it reminds me of that last, that latest Bare Naked Ladies record that we reviewed where I thought, God, there's so much going on in a lot of these songs. Even the songs that weren't my favorite, I'm like, this is still really interesting, but 
with the Hooters, they had six people who could play instruments. I think they just said, well, pick something up and play it. And they all could. And it comes up as something really interesting. And, um, you know, I don't know if everything is like charted out or if they just said, well, here's the song and let's go in there and play it. And and again, I believe they did this fairly quickly. And so they just knock it out because they're pros, you know, and it's something you can't do, you know, by hiring four kids from a talent show that was on TV. It's just not the same. And so I, I don't think you're getting this music anymore with stuff like this. I think it's just magic. Professional musicians doing professional musicianing. Yeah, because, you know, they slogged it out in bars for 15 years before they made it. So, you know, you do learn stuff along the way that you're not totally. going to learn from singing on the American Idol. But And then the last two songs um one too many nights that would have been my fourth single if you know private emotion was a smash hit which it was not but one of my favorites so it really lifts up the back end of this record i think so i mean for me it kind of ended up in the uh great big american car one it seemed like that kind of ballpark you know it's good good album track and and i think the back end of it needs a song like this so I think you're. Uh, I think you're right there. No, I think it is with Great Big American Car, which is it's that good. I like it a lot, a lot, a lot. And then they, of course they close out with uh, Nobody But You, where Eric really channels his Bob Dylan pretty nicely and kind of has that weird kind of sound in his voice, and uh, it's got horns in it and all kinds of stuff. I think it's a really rich, full, big sound and um, cool. And of course, like a it's only got 10 tracks. They didn't want to go on for another five tracks and bore the crap out of us. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect record. Yeah. Despite what Nate says. It, it was about 55 seconds too long. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I think it's the best thing they did. It's a shame that it didn't get more of a push. It's a, it's kind of criminal that it's not on the, the, uh, um, it's not on any of their compilation records. Like none of these singles are on any of the best of Hooters or anything. Probably because there's a dispute. Because most of their greatest hit stuff, well, all their greatest hit stuff, it's their 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 three Columbia records. Yeah, and that's the it. the live one that's available on Spotify called "Give the Music Back" live double album has a couple of these: "Private Emotion" and Five Hours a Day." They, uh, so I'm guessing they probably just did the hits live somewhere where that was recorded. Um, so right, that's something, I guess. It's not. something, but I, I don't know. I mean, you know, I know it's all legal bull crap. Why some stuff, it seems to me more stuff that I like, doesn't make it onto Spotify. I mean, this isn't even on iTunes, and so yeah, it's just it's a shame if you did like the Hooters. And you wouldn't even hear about this record. Yeah. You're like, oh, I never, I've never heard of that. I've never seen that before. Yeah. Because so, the MCA decided to sit on it. Yeah, and I don't know what MCA is doing now. Obviously, these guys don't own the rights to it or something. I don't know. But they have said in concert that this record is out of print. But I did look. You can still find this. And again, Discogs, I think, is a good place to find it. But if you want to go on eBay or whatever... Um, you can track this down. I think it's well worth it. If you do collect physical media, and I think it's on vinyl too, like I said, but it's one of my favorite albums of all time. And I can play it all the way through 
And listening to it this week was a joy. Not a chore at all. No, I it was a it was a good discovery for me. That I, I liked particularly Boys Will Be Boys. I think I'll go back to that one quite a bit. Sure. Uh, and uh yeah, a good band. I really like them. So uh we'll link to everything we can link to to uh give you options to listen to it uh through the description. Um but yeah, give it a shot otherwise. I like all like always, you know, um uh, we don't want to pimp everything you've ever heard that was on the radio. We want to kind of dig deeper and give you things that uh missed the mark or missed their time uh and uh, shine a light on it. But we probably will pimp some super popular stuff at times too just cuz you know, some stuff was popular for a reason, but yeah, this should have been a giant, and I don't know why it wasn't. I mean, <laughs> sometimes millions of people can be wrong, and sometimes they're totally right. Yeah, but I, I think it's just how it was marketed, or or yeah, not marketed. Right. I think that was a huge part of it. So, but yeah, good band, and they said being from Philly was kind of tough for whatever reason throughout their whole career. But you know, they're not a New York band, and like. People wouldn't come down to see them, like record executives and whatnot. Oh, come to New York. Why don't you come down here? Same thing happened with Hall & Oates. They recorded everything in New York. But yeah. anyway, um, right. Hooters. And if you like them, they've got a bunch of other stuff. Go check out their other records. Yes, they do. Good band. So, uh, yeah, have more Hooters in your life. It's always a good thing. Yeah. All right, Kyle. See you next week. All right. See ya. Thank <laughs> you.